Are you ready for the Word of God today? Okay, just, just a couple of quick notes here before we start. You would have noticed, maybe on the website and on our Facebook advertisements, uh, that there was supposed to be a message entitled, uh, Your Hair Will Grow Back. And the reason we did that is because uh, Pastor Yvette uh, had some symptoms this week. And so being in the healthcare industry, she is required by law to, to go for a test. And uh, so she went and um, she's supposed to self-isolate. But this morning, we uh, woke up to a text that she is negative. So we thought, okay, do we go back? And just me carry on with that one-off message uh, that I, I prepared, knowing that we couldn't go on with the series. Or do we go on with the series? And we felt we need to go on with the series together forever. So that's what we're doing today. Y'all have to wait to see what uh, your hair will grow back is all about at another date. <laughs> so sorry to disappoint you, especially those that, that are, are a little hairless amongst us. <laughs> well, you know, while we were worshiping today, I couldn't help but think, and then how Pastor Yvette was sharing there, I couldn't help but think um, how God was beginning to speak, and God was beginning to say some things to me even uh, with regards to this. You know, I think of that last song, King of Heaven, and it says, there will be breakthrough." And there will be a victory. And I couldn't help but think that there were people that were watching online. There were people who are here today who really needed to hear that song. And and hear the depth of that song. And what that song was declaring over you. And what you, as you were singing that song, what you were declaring. You were declaring that there will be a victory in your life. And just like that story Pastor Yvette shared of the Shudamite woman, that, you know, like, how could a victory come in the midst of all this pain? Well, there's a, there's a verse in Galatians uh, 16, verse 19, uh, that God just dropped in my heart with regards to this. Uh, Galatians 6, excuse me. Galatians 6, 9, it says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. And I felt God was saying by the Spirit today, don't give up. Whatever it is that you are dealing with in your life right now, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't become weary in doing what you have been doing. Don't give up. Keep trusting God. Keep looking to Him for the breakthrough is yours, friends. There will be a victory. But here's the thing is we live in this microwave society or this fast food society where we expect to go to the drive through, put in our order and it'll come to us fairly instantly. It doesn't work that way with God. The Bible says faith and patience will inherit the promise. Faith and patience. And it's the patience part that we have no patience for. <laughs> right? We need patience, friends, when it comes to standing in faith for what God is saying and what God is doing. And I, I believe as we uh, begin to embark 
on what we're talking about today that that this is very applicable to you. If you're here and uh, you're married, it's applicable. If you're here and you're not married, it's applicable. Uh, if you're here and maybe one day you will get married, this is definitely applicable for you. Any topic on marriage, anytime we talk about marriage rather, uh, don't ever think this is not applicable to you. You need to take the information that you learn. If you have to put it in your back pocket, if you have to save it and to bring it out at another time, do that. It's it's just like when you get a paycheck and you say, I am going to put aside uh, 5% of my pay. It's going to go into the savings account for another time because I'm saving four. Well, it's the same way when it comes to any topic on marriage. You're putting it away in account so that you can draw from it at another time when you need it. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Cool. Hey, awesome. Well, hey, I want to welcome some of our online people here today that are watching. Um, I, I am just clicking in here to Facebook. I know there's some of you uh, watching on YouTube, uh, but, uh, you know, I see... You know, hey Lucille, good to, good to see you, kinda. And Lisa, hey Lisa, Fiona, Jenny, uh, there, there, there's a bunch of people watching and thank you for tuning in with us today and maybe you're gonna watch this at another point, maybe you're watching this on Monday. Let us know you're watching by just putting a comment in saying thank you for that or, or something, anything, okay? We'd love that. While you're ready for the Word of God today, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to, well, bring this message, uh, an important message in our lives that will help us recognize and realize the gift of the person that you have connected us with for life. We are in this together forever, and I thank you, God, for that gift. And I pray, Father, for each person watching and each person here today, God, that our words would make an impact upon their lives as our words become your words, Father. And we give you praise and thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, um, the verse for today uh, that is really applicable to what we want to talk about in this series that we're continuing called Together Forever is found in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And it says this, it says, guard your heart, guard your heart. How many of you know that in marriage you need to guard your heart? (laughs) It's really important, in fact, that we guard our heart. We guard our heart against those things that would come in and would try to trip up our marriage. Guard our heart above all else, it says, for it determines the course of your life. Think about that when it comes to marriage, when it comes to your relationship with your spouse. Your heart were to guard above all else, above everything else, guard your heart, for it will determine, (laughs) it determines the course of your life. It will determine the course of your marriage. It will determine the course of your relationship. And today, we want to start talking about a topic entitled, A Shift in Focus. And that is that 
this is where once your relationship was the priority. Do you remember back in the day when your relationship was the number one priority in your life? But stuff happens, years go on, and it, your relationship starts taking a back seat. It starts taking a back seat to your kids. Starts taking a back seat to your job. It starts taking a back seat to your other interests. And this, friends, can happen during any phase of your relationship, of your marriage. So you need to watch for it. And while Yvette's talking, I'm going to put that on our board. So, you know, for example, for, I know for me, when the kids came, uh, you know, first arrived in our lives, uh, by, you know, just by obligation, that was your focus. And, you know, my husband definitely took a back seat, and I'd even say he was pretty much in the trunk, <laughs> because it seemed to me like I just didn't have enough energy to deal with his needs as well as the needs of the children, and the kids are pretty cute and vulnerable, and, you know, they came first. So, to me, that was a... To me, that was a time where I recognized that it was happening, but I didn't really know how to untangle myself from that. Uh, you know, by obligation, we need to care for the kids, but there also has to be a balance in there. Uh, so don't get me wrong, I, I desperately needed him, but I just didn't know how to, how to work that out. Um, you know, his needs became low on the priority list, and that can bring a real shift in focus and a, an unbalance and uh, some tension there. So let's acknowledge that there are very uh, taxing seasons in our lives. Uh, sometimes we're caring for ill loved ones. Uh, there's all kinds of seasons. There's family obligations. There's financial pressures. You know, these are a host of things that can zap our energy and really start to shift our focus, right? So this is just the reality of life. You know, it's a wise investment to consider our together time as a refuge and to re-nourish each other. So I, I learned that, but it took me quite a long time to really say this is going to be really important. You know, you can't just keep putting off that relationship later, 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 because then at some point you're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. See, when either of us redirects our attention from our relationship to other interests, you know, it could be your career, it could be your children, your friends, it could be your social activities, your hobbies, doesn't matter. Our relationship, as a result, will suffer. It will. And when our relationships suffer, our attention toward one another begins to suffer. And when this happens, um, we begin to feel more like roommates than we do lovers. And trust me, this should never be our intent. We must somehow, some way, figure out a way that we can strike a balance between our personal interests. And it's important to have those. I'm not discounting them. We, we must figure out a way to balance our personal interests uh, and to be in an active partner in our relationship. Right? This doesn't mean you can't have separate goals or interests. Those are important, actually, in a relationship. Uh, but understand there's a balance there. We never want our spouse to feel like they are second fiddle to us. 
you know, there's a lot of configurations of what works for couples. So this isn't meant to be prescriptive, like no. a one size fits all, but rather to be, you know, the idea of dialoguing about what works for you mm-hmm. and you discovering what works for you. It's really important that we understand that we don't want to be narrow minded or narrow sided in being prescriptive. That's not the goal of this. We can share experiences of what may have worked for us, but in your given situation, you have to really tailor that to what is going to be your recipe that works. You know, there's a difference between you were saying about, you know, uh, pursuing separate interests and passions and trying to be separate, like spending as much time apart as you can. So, you know, there's a difference between having your life, your job, your interests, that kind of thing, or just saying, what can I do to fill my schedule so that we have very little time together? You know, if that's happening, then I think it should be a signal to you that something's going on. You know, there's something unexplored uh, that's driving that need to really be separate. And maybe you're aware of what that is. Maybe you're not aware of what that is. And maybe it's just been undealt with. You know, if if we don't address it, it's going to be like the Grand Canyon that's starting to be between you. And honestly, the only way across the Grand Canyon, if you want to go that way, is on on the donkey, all the way to the bottom, across and to the other side. So you don't want to find yourself in that position that all of a sudden the Grand Canyon's between you. You're like, how are we going to cross that divide? So that's really important to be thinking about. So when a shift in focus in marriage occurs, a common mistake that we often make is um, we overreact, right? Um, because in doing so, we're we're telling our spouse that they can't have a life, and you don't want to do that. It's important that we have interests that are outside of our relationship with one another. Yeah, you can have lots of common interests, and that's great, and that's awesome, but it's not always the case. When when we first got married, I thought, we're going to have a common interest. So I went out and bought my wife a pair of CCM tacks and a hockey stick and a puck, thinking, okay, babe, we're going to get into this together. We're going to go to the rink and shoot the puck with one another. Charmaine and uh, Yanni, I'm sorry. It didn't work. It just, <laughs> it just did work. not work. The skates hurt, for one thing, and she didn't know how to stop for another, and yeah, it just didn't work. So I had to return uh, the uh, skates and stick. I kept the puck. Or could I even return the stick? I don't even think I could return the stick, because I taped it all. So I just returned the skates for some figure skates for her, and yeah. You know, for example, and this is not scripted, like we're just, you know, we're talking about things... You know, that could have been uh, a disappointment where you compare yourself to another couple, like, you know, Yanni and, and Charmaine play hockey together. And I think it's amazing. And I'm, I, I, I'm inspired by that. But I know that I, I personally, that, that's just not my thing, right? Like, sorry, it's just not my thing. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just saying that what works for one couple and is their passion together may not be yours. So don't get caught in comparing and feeling bad about yourself. And that's where the trouble can start. I mean, we knew couples that, you know, I'd say, well, why can't you be like, you know, so-and-so? Like, we won't say people's names, but, you know, and why can't you be like so-and-so? And that's just really the start of a lot of trouble. Yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit about um, within the shift of focus, 
what I like to call the stages of marriage, and we're going to talk also a little bit about the stages of life. These are just sort of the grand themes. We're not going into great details, but we want to sort of introduce this to, to really start the thinking uh, going uh, for you here. So there are stages of the marriage relationship. Of course, stage one, the romance. We, you know, we hear of that, and the movies are made of that. So this is a stage where, of course, you're at your best, making your partner a priority, and finding all kinds of creative ways to express that. You've found each other. Life is good. And, you know, romance comes easier for some than for others, right? So you got to cultivate it. You have to figure this out somehow. Romance looks different from one couple to another. Don't try to Hollywoodize your uh, romance. Just do what feels natural to you. Yeah, like, for example... I'm not the romantic type. I'm just not. I'm very practical. I'm very straightforward. You know, for me, that's not a big deal. But that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate the gesture or that someone would take the time, my spouse would take the time to show me that. My husband is very romantic. He likes romance. So, you know, your equation might be one or the other. Again, just think, who am I in this relationship? Is this important to me? How do I make that happen? Stage two, disillusionment. So at this stage, the true colors of each partner are showing through, and you're grieving some of those realities. Okay, let's just be honest. Everybody has bad breath, and all of a sudden, they're a little annoying. (laughs) You discover parts of each other and yourself, let's be honest, that are less than desirable, and life is a little more complicated now. Again, this is where we must work hard at making it through this stage somehow, this stage of disillusionment. So what we have to do is we have to watch our heart. The scripture that we have for today, our our text, guard your heart. So in this stage, make sure you're guarding your heart. And I just want to say, just to be clear, that the stages of marriage are not necessarily linear, like one to the next to the next. Sometimes you slip back into one. You might get into one stage and you're like, well, we're doing really good, and then you slip back. So just remember that. Stage three, power struggle. That's something that we actually live through a long time. So this stage, life is heavy, bills need to be paid, the kids are demanding, and there seems to be some sort of inequality going on. Whether it's perceived or real, you just feel like there's a, a, a disbalance there. Both partners in the equation feel either unappreciated and not heard, the battles are a regular event, and this can happen at any stage of the marriage, and sometimes couples get stuck at this stage. And this is where we have to really work hard at not hardening our heart toward one another. And where the power of our verse comes into play again. Uh, uh, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Be very careful in this stage. Stage four, stability. You find ways to resolve differences. So this is an improvement. You accept each other's weaknesses or humanity. You're, you're coming to terms with some things. You bury hatchets. You find ways to back each other up. There's still some struggles, but for the most part, you're working through them one at a time. So you're starting to make some, some really good headway into dealing with some stuff. And this is where you want to uh, work hard at making sure stability is in place. Because stability does come with the price. That price, it'll cost you some pride. (laughs) It'll cost you some selfishness. Um, All things that I think we would do well to lose anyways. So in this stage, we need to be cognizant of that. And I think this stage is a real trial of what is it that you really want. 
you know, if you say, I really want peace, I really want accord, I really want to get along with my spouse, then you can't avoid the, the other question, what are you willing to do about it? So we have to say, what is my part in this equation to, to the best of my ability? Now, we said last week, and we've mentioned it before, that sometimes you have a partnership where one is just backing off and saying, I'm not doing anything yeah, Unwilling at all. to do any right. of these. So we're talking about a couple that has the potential of moving forward by each doing their part. Right. The next stage is commitment. So your life partners, you have each other's back. Trust is the foundation to the marriage. And you can't imagine life without each other. And you're like, is that possible? Absolutely it's possible. It's God's desire. This is the solid deep phase of running the race together. Whatever that race looks like for you. And it's not with the occasional scuffle, you know, it just means you're human, you're still going through stuff. But for the most part, you've overcome all those previous hurdles that seemed unovercomable in the past. I don't know if that's a word. And now you're enjoying that victory of commitment. And this, friends, is where you want to be. So work hard at getting here because the benefits are fantastic. They really are. You know, the other day someone asked if we, um, what do we think of the emptiness syndrome? Because a lot of people say, oh, when you get to that stage, you know, that's going to be really tough. And, and it can be because if your children aren't there and they were your focus, all of a sudden you're looking at a stranger and you're like, I don't, I don't think I even like you. I don't even think I have anything in common with you. You know, trouble is, is knocking at the door. And if our kids are watching, we love the emptiness. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. <laughs> You know, we love you, but <laughs> you know, we gave everything we had to our children and there's nothing wrong with that. But this is a really special season in our life where we're just so glad to have each other. However, it would not be so rosy if we hadn't been able to push through for victory to enjoy that at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. So the commitment is really important. Boy, I love you. Okay. <laughs> I do. I tell her that at least five times a day, don't I? I look yes. at her and I go, boy, I love you. He does. So besides the stages of a marriage, there's also the stages of life. And that, I just embarrassed her. And that can trigger instability in the relationship. So we talked a little bit about the stages of marriage, but there's also stages of life. So we need to talk about that. So you like trigger instability? Yeah, they can. So some examples, new job or job change, job loss. Health issues can come into play. Extended family issues, you know, the in-laws. Ooh. Family changes, right? Yeah, like pregnancy. Or a new family member. Toddler years. The school age years. Teenage years. Young adults. Empty nests that we talked about. <laughs> and one that I want to talk about very briefly, but I, I actually need to talk about this. It's really important, important. in fact. <laughs> and you're like, okay. And guys, I, you, you, you need to hear this. You, you really So there's do. a stage of life called menopause. Guys, listen up. Can we talk about that for a minute? Did you know that your emotional processors, I'm talking to the women right now, during this phase is on hyper alert. Your once easygoing nature suddenly changes and everything's a big deal. Mm -hmm. This is not only alarming to the one that it's happening to, but it's alarming to the spouse. Okay. So basically it's almost like someone has just doused you both with a large bucket of water in the middle of a well-rehearsed dance. What worked before does not seem to work well anymore. And to make matters worse, neither one of you has that sustained energy to really deal with this problem. 
The stats are interesting. I did a little research. Because it seems this. to come out of left field, right? Listen to these stats. I didn't know this until I did some research. Over 60% of divorces are initiated by women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, the menopause years. I just need to say this out loud to the women. Honey, you might not be thinking straight right now. Okay, you might not be yourself. There's help for that. You know, we really should not be embarrassed about the fact that you don't feel quite right. Your emotions are really different. You know, your body's feeling different. There's just a lot going on. And that spouse of yours is driving you crazy. You might need to make an appointment with your doctor and just talk about those things because it is a really recurring trigger. We have talked to many couples where all of a sudden in those menopause years, that's it. I'm done. Okay. So I'm not saying now, I just want to be really clear. I'm not saying this is the woman's fault at all. There's something going on that is very strong and it needs to be addressed. Why are the stats saying that women in their forties, fifties and sixties, which are considered the menopause years are 60% of the instigators or the initiators of a divorce? Is it because they just, they held their breath till then they were like, I can't do this anymore or something is actually going on at that point. Now, husbands, I need to say this loud as well. Listen up. I know you don't understand what's going on. No. I get it. And you're feeling like, what is happening? What did right? I get into? Yeah, what did I get into? <laughs> so, you know, take the time to do your own homework. You yeah. know, Google it. Talk to your own physician. Do a little bit of research. Equip yourself so that you can support your spouse during this time. And recognize that maybe you can do something to help. You know, the, the symptoms of menopause, interestingly enough, are depression, anxiety, extreme mood swings, Intense night sweats, very unpleasant, pain and intimacy, loss of libido, and more. So all of that put together can really bring trouble into That's a relationship. That's why it is so important, guys and gals, during this time, that you keep in mind the scripture of for today. Mm-hmm. Guard your heart mm-hmm. during this time. Mm-hmm. Pray mm-hmm. for your spouse like you've never prayed for your spouse before mm-hmm. during this time. Yeah. It's a scary time for both of you, really, it can be, unless you're well-equipped and you're partnering together to really get through this. So I just really wanted to talk about that. You know, any time you think that you've mastered the dance, the stages of life and the stages of marriage could come in. You know, maybe your dance in the beginning that you were able to master was just the the two-step, or I'm not much of a dancer, but, you know, it was a very basic dance, and as you your relationship grows, maybe you're learning a new dance. Every time that we have a shift in life, it can throw something into that relationship where your dance is off balance. You're like, this doesn't feel like our rhythm anymore. Something's off. So just remember that you're, you're needing to be flexible to say we're redefining what that dance looks like between us at this time. Mm-hmm. Some personal examples of a shift in focus. Um, I try scheduling time together. Times to talk, times to love, times to laugh. Um, you know, it may seem even times to love to spend that intimate time together. And it may seem like we're taking the spontaneity out of it all, but it really does help, especially as our, our schedules get really busy. We, we need to just make the time, schedule it, put it in your schedule. Uh, and if, if something comes up and somebody says, yeah, I'd like to get together Tuesday night with you, you just say, well, let me look at my calendar. And it says right in there, time with Yvette. And I just say, no, I'm sorry, I have an appointment. That won't work. Bottom line. 
Doesn't matter how important that other appointment is, your spouse is more important. Now, you know, there's emergencies that come up, right? We understand that, right? I think it's important to be flexible with that, but yeah. I think it's valuing to, to, for me it's valuing to think that my husband cares enough about a relationship that he schedules time. I hope that it's valuing to him as well that, you know, we actually schedule to spend time with each other and make mm-hmm. that a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this whole concept that spontaneity is way better. Yeah, okay, that there's nothing wrong with that, but there's something pretty powerful about actually making time for each other. Yeah. You know, so it's important to find a way to support the season your spouse is in, you know, whatever season of life that might be. You know, the focus of these sessions is really to think about what can I do, not how can that scoundrel change, but what can I do to make a difference in this relationship, you know, taking that ownership. Uh, so how will I support my spouse through this season? Scoundrel, huh? <laughs> I caught that. See, every major decision... Here's another thing we can do. Every major decision that we make in life, we make together. We make them together. Uh, we value each other's input. I value her input. So I don't want to make any major life decision or any decision in life uh, without first, uh, you know, drawing her into it. Um, you know, it's important because uh, we want to make sure that we're obviously... We keep using that word value, but we're, we're saying, I, I care about your thoughts. I care about your opinions. I care about your perspective. No. You know, I think it was last week or the week before we talked a little bit about, you don't, you don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. We need each other's perspective. You know, the other day, um, there's a, a tree in the neighborhood that got cut down and it was, I was actually really sad. It was a beautiful she loves tree. loves her trees. <laughs> it was a beautiful tree. I don't even know what kind it was, but it had those silver leaves and it was just a beautiful tree in front of somebody's yard. And I was talking to the fellow, I'm like, oh, was there a big storm? He's like, no, no, it's purposeful. And I was like, oh, kind of sad. You know, why would you do that? I didn't say that, but whatever. Then we walked by again and there was a tree stump very close to the house and Scott said, well, you know, it was probably because it was starting to upset the foundation. And I was like, oh, I never thought of that, really. You know, my my thought was, well, at least they could put a pot of flowers on the stump. He's like, no, no, they're going to have to pull that stump out. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. So, you know, we, we, we really need each other because we don't see everything. We don't get everything. And each other's perspective is important. And another thing we, we need to do is we need to sh- schedule date nights. Um, and that's important, right? Right now, it seems every night is a date night. <laughs> it does. Empty nest. Stay away, kids. <laughs> Except to visit. Actually, call before you come Yeah, over. call before you come. <laughs> uh, well, you know, to me, it's a little, of a, a little bit of a stretch to say every night's a date night. However, I, I have to say that, you know, we did say to each other recently that our most favorite time of the day is when we get to go to bed together and just be with each other. That's all. You know, just to know that you have someone. That's a real gift. And uh, we appreciate that. Very much so. I'm going to cry now. Oh, boy. Uh, some signs of shift the focus. Um, well, not making time for each other. That's one. Romance is out the window. Yeah. Each other is no longer the priority. Be careful on that. We already touched on that, right? Mm-hmm. Not arguing. We're not wanting to discuss issues, but simply giving in all the time. So if you hear yourself saying quite often, whatever, 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 
then you you might want to say what's going on, you know, because it shouldn't be a whatever. There should be some sort of discussion there. Mm-hmm. Or you become easily annoyed with one another. It's another sign that hey, a shift of focus might be happening. I mean, of course we get annoyed with each other about certain things, but if you're easily annoyed and everything's an annoyance, then we've got something that's underground that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, provocation to annoy on purpose, or some people know it as nitpicking. You know, nitpicking at absolutely everything. Or showing contempt for one another. It's never healthy in a marriage. Or self is the focus. It's all about me. It's all about me. What I want, what I need, it's all about me. And instead of Monday night football being the focus, it is the blame game is the focus in the marriage. You don't want the primetime show. Yeah, the primetime show. Uh, far too disrespectful. You know, whether it's in privacy or publicly, you know, those are things that, wow, that hurts, you know, to show disrespect for your spouse in any sort of arena. And, you know, it'll happen. Like, let's be honest. Ugh. We're not perfect. No, and, you know, we've had conversations after things have happened. Maybe it was a public disrespect or, and you're kind of cringe-worthy moments. You go home and you're like, can we talk about something that really, that felt bad. I didn't like that. You know, I I felt really small. And then, you know, perhaps that was just an oversight. You know, it wasn't intentional. I have to believe, and I do believe, it's not that I have to, that my husband never intends to do anything to harm me or on purpose try to bring me down or make me look bad. There was a time in my life that I thought he did, you know, because I didn't trust. And next week we're talking about trust, and trust is a big deal. Uh, you know, we have lots of reasons why trust can be eroded. But anyway, you know, back to the point is that I don't believe that my husband intentionally ever wants to do anything to harm me or say bad things about me privately or publicly. But when it happens, we have to address it and just talk about it. Yep. And if it happens publicly, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just a believer that if it happened publicly, uh, you find out after when you get home, you have a nice, healthy discussion. Um then maybe what you need to do is contact the people you were with and say, hey, you know what, I was inappropriate. I said some things that were inappropriate, and I'm sorry. Forgive me. It's humbling, but you know what, I think it helps. I think it helps. I mean, you, you obviously use judgment on that. Yep. Sometimes it's it's warranted, and other times it's not. If you're with good friends, you may end up chatting about it, and they're like, oh, it's okay, we get it, you know. But there are times that perhaps you need to make the wrong right, and it's valuing to do so. So what can we do about all of this? (laughs) Well, instead of taking it personally with the shifts in focus, understand, I think it's important, and we've said it already, Yvette just alluded to it, understand that your partner is for you. They're on your team. They're on your side. They are your biggest fan. Know that. And, yeah, other interests are not bad. It's important to have those. You just have to find a new happy medium for your relationship, right? For it to continue to grow and flourish as you're supportive to each other's ambitions. I'll give you a very, very quick example here. Um, when when Yvette had a job opportunity presented to her uh, to go to the States and work actually in the States, it was a position that would require her to be away for four days out of the week, every other week. She would go down to the States, go down to Alabama, in fact, and work down there. And I was her biggest fan. I was her biggest supporter. I was the one who said, yes, go do this. Don't worry about me. 
and uh, you know, don't worry about the church. It's going to be all right. And that was for a season. Um, and it was a real benefit to her. And the re- part of the reason I was kind of ready for it is God readied me for it. He said that uh, an opportunity, opportunities are going to be presented to your wife and let her go. Right? It's her season right now and let her go. So when it came and presented, I was ready for it. And I was her biggest fan and I says, go for it. You need to do this. I appreciated that. You know, let's remember, it's we've alluded to it and we're going to say it again. Let's not compare ourselves to other couples. Now, you can be inspired by couples. That's okay. But if you say, yeah, but if, I, if we were just like them, then everything would be okay. We really have to say... You know, we've just been saying, you know, your spouse is your biggest fan. Maybe your spouse isn't your biggest fan. That's the reality. Maybe you're just together. But at least you're together. You know, that's something to say that no one's left each other yet. You're together. So let's start with neutral. It's better than saying that, we're, you know, we're out the door. Work with what you have. Don't be discouraged if maybe on the continuum, you're, you know, we talked about the stages of marriage. Maybe you're here and you're like, you know, don't you think at this stage we should be here? Well, perhaps, but maybe you've hit some things that were much harder than other couples. Right. Maybe there's been some deeper issues that needed to be dealt with. You know, every equation can be very different. We really cannot compare. Yeah. Find what works for you as a unit. Find the balance. Create a space and a time for the two of you to find that, Mm -hmm. you know, and decide to get on the same page. That's important. You know, getting on the same page requires a lot of talking. You know, when we go through shifts, and we're not on the same page, we're like, well, it's not time to actually make that shift because we're not in agreement. We've got to really, and it's not about pushing each other to be in agreement. Mm-hmm. It's about just really waiting and listening. Yeah, it's important. So is this good? This helps somebody? Uh, share this. Um, you know, when you guys go home and you can view this uh, online again, review it, take notes if you need to. And when you do, share it with your friends. Share it with some people who you know who might uh, benefit from this. And if you're online, do the same. Right? Share it. Let let people know. I think this is uh, really important for us to catch and hear. Um, and so you know, let's let's get the word out <laughs> on this. Okay? Maybe you're you're here. Maybe you're watching online and you have not yet given your life to Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe while you're here, um, you're, you're, the Spirit of God is ministering to you and you're, you're feeling some stuff going on on the inside of you. That is God at work in your life. That's God at work knocking on the door of your heart. The Bible says this, is, in fact, is what Jesus does. He comes and knocks on the door of our heart. So if there's, if you're feeling that knocking on the inside of you, that is the Lord Jesus Christ wanting to come in and connect with you so that you can live a life that you've only dreamed of living before. So if that's you, if you're here today, I want to lead you in a prayer. If you're watching online, I want to lead you in a prayer and the, this prayer will be on the screen. And why don't you just pray this prayer after me? Say, Dear Lord Jesus. I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and life. 
from this day forward, I want to turn and follow you as my Lord and Savior. And if you prayed that prayer, just say amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. If you're here today, uh, let us know that you prayed that prayer. And, and one of the ways you can do it is just come to talk to one of us. You can raise your hand right now if you feel inclined to do that as well. Or you can go online and fill out that Connect card. We have a Connect card. Just go to our website. Scroll down. You'll see uh, a little button that says Connect card. And fill that out. and Let us know that you prayed this prayer uh, they, uh, with Within that connect card, you can also uh, let us know any prayer requests that you might have. Um, you know, even let us know that you were watching and what the message meant to you. You can write that all in on your connect card. Cool? Is that all right? Is that all right, our online people? We love you. We do pray that today's encouragement is exactly that, an encouragement. And we have, I think, one more installment. Uh, we'll be talking about trust how trust is so important and how it can be easily broken and, you know, the fiber of trust has to run through. So I, I hope you can tune in next week as well. Um, you know, Pastor Scott was just saying, saying about sharing this out and, you know, that's, that's not for anything but others benefit. You know, it's not for us. It's really so that people can be encouraged in their time of need. Uh, you know, I've read as well that the marriage is actually under attack during this COVID time because it puts new pressures that no one's dealt with before. And we know that we've said it before that a strong marriage builds a strong family that builds a strong community and a strong church. You know, all of it is really, really important. So, uh, you know, that's the one little thing that you can do is share. So today we saw that a wall gets built. If we have a shift in focus in the marriage, but today we also discovered that we can do something about it. So let's tear that wall down. Cool? Not let it get built. God is good. Maybe you're here today and you need prayer. Um, we want an opportunity to pray with you. Um, you know, possibly there's been stuff going on this week that it's just a heavy load. Just. It's hard to carry. And when you come up for prayer, you're saying, I can't carry this load alone. I need prayer. I need somebody to walk with me through this, uh, even if it is just a prayer. But it's never just a prayer. Prayer is powerful and it moves mountains. So if you're here and you need prayer, as as people leave, why don't you come up to the front and we will sanitize. I'll put my mask back on and God bless you. Thank you for coming. We love you. Amen.